Book six, chapter two A of A Family of Noblemen by Mikhail Saltikov Shedrin. Translated by Avram Yarmolinsky, eighteen ninety to nineteen seventy five. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Book six, The Deserted Manor House, chapter two A. One morning, when Porfiry Vladimirich was sitting at tea, he was unpleasantly surprised he was discharging masses of verbal pus while yevpraxia with a saucer of tea in her hand and a piece of sugar between her teeth was listening in silence snorting from time to time warm fresh-baked bread had been served and he had just begun to develop a theory of his own to the effect that there are two kinds of bread visible bread which we eat and thereby sustain our bodies and the invisible spiritual bread of which we partake for the good of our soul suddenly yevpraxia broke in upon his discourse most unceremoniously people say palageyushka lives so well at mazulino she began turning her entire body round to the window and swinging her crossed feet with impudent nonchalance yudushka was somewhat startled by the unexpected remark but attributed no peculiar importance to it in case we don't eat visible bread for a long time he went on we feel bodily hunger and if we don't partake of the spiritual bread for some length of time i say palageyushka certainly lives well at mazulino yevpraxia interrupted again porfiry vladimirych somewhat startled looked at her in amazement but refrained from scolding evidently smelling a rat if palageyushka has a fine life let her he replied meekly her master yevpraxia kept on provokingly makes it nice and easy for her he does not compel her to work and dresses her in silk yudushka's amazement grew yevpraxia's words were so preposterous that he was taken completely by surprise a different dress every day one to-day one to-morrow and another for holidays she drives to church in a four-horse carriage she goes first and the master follows when the priest sees her carriage he has the bells rung then she sits in her own room if her master wishes to spend some time with her she receives him in her room and her maid entertains her or she does bead embroidery well what of it asked porfiry vladimirych at last coming to his senses i was just telling what a pleasant life palagayushka leads and you is your life worse my my aren't you insatiable had yevpraxia left his remark unanswered porfiry vladimirych would have belched forth a torrent of empty words to drown her foolish hints he would have resumed his twaddle but apparently yevpraxia had no intention of holding her tongue i can't say that she snapped back my life is not a sad one thank goodness i don't wear tick last year you bought me two calico dresses and paid five roubles for each how generous oh, and how about the woolen dress and for whom was a shawl bought lately my my instead of answering yevpraxia placed her elbows on the table and flashed on yudushka a side glance brimming over with such deep contempt that unaccustomed to such looks he was overcome with something like dread do you know how the lord punishes ingratitude he mumbled feebly hoping the reference to god would bring the woman to her senses but his remark did not placate the mutineer she cut him short at once 
don't talk me blind she exclaimed and don't drag in god i'm not a baby enough i've had enough of your tyranny porfiry vladimirych grew silent his glass of tea stood untouched his face grew pale his lips trembled as if trying vainly to curl up into a grin these are anninka's tricks he said finally though without a clear perception of what he was saying it's she the snake who has incited you what tricks do you mean i mean the way you are talking to me she she taught you no one else he foamed in a rage give her silk dresses the impudence do you know you shameless creature who in your position wears silk dresses tell me and i will know the most the most dissolute ones they are the only ones who wear silk dresses but yevpraxia was not impressed on the contrary she answered him back with saucy arguments i don't know why you call them dissolute everybody knows it's the masters that insist upon it if a master seduces one of us well she lives with him you and i are not so saintly either we are doing the same as the mazolina master and his queen oh you fie fie for shame yudushka stared at his rebellious companion in utter consternation a flow of empty words came tripping to his tongue but for the first time in his life he felt a vague suspicion that there are occasions when even talk is useless well my friend i see there's no use talking to you to-day he said rising from the table neither to-day nor to-morrow never no more of your tyranny i've listened to you enough now it's time for you to listen to me porfiry vladimirych made a movement as if to throw himself at her with clenched fists but she protruded her chest with such determination that he lost heart he turned his face to the icon lifted up his hands prayerfully mumbled a prayer and trudged slowly away into his room the whole day he felt uneasy he had no definite fears for the future but the feeling that something had broken in upon his well-ordered life and had passed unpunished greatly upset him he did not go to dinner pleading ill health and in a meek feeble voice asked that his food be brought into his room in the evening after tea which passed in silence for the first time in his life he rose as was his habit to say his prayers in vain did his lips seek to whisper the customary words his agitated mind refused to follow the prayer a persistent enervating anxiety pervaded his being and he involuntarily strained his ear to catch the dying echoes of the day which were lingering in the various corners of the vast manor-house finally when even the yawning of the people could be heard no more and the house was plunged in the profoundest quiet he could not hold out any longer stealing noiselessly along the corridor he went to yevpraxia's room and put his ear to the door to listen she was alone and yudushka heard her yawning and saying lord saviour holy virgin as she scratched her back porfiry vladimirych tried the knob but the door was locked yevpraxia darling are you there he called yes but not for you she snapped so rudely that he immediately retreated to his room the next morning there was another conversation yevpraxia intentionally selected morning tea for launching her attacks on porfiry vladimirych she felt instinctively that a spoiled morning would fill the entire day with anxiety and pain i'd like to see how some people live she began in a rather enigmatic manner yudushka changed countenance 
its beginning flashed through his mind but he held his tongue and waited for what would come next it's fine to live with a handsome young friend upon my word you walk about in the rooms and look at each other not a cross word exchanged my darling and my heart that's your whole conversation lovely and noble the subject was peculiarly hateful to porfiry vladimirych although of necessity he tolerated adultery within strict limits he nevertheless considered love-making a diabolical temptation this time however he restrained himself all the more so because he wanted his tea the teapot had been boiling on the samovar for quite some time but yevpraxia seemed to have forgotten about filling the glasses of course many of us women are foolish she went on impudently swinging in her chair and drumming on the table with her fingers some are so silly that they are ready to do anything for a calico dress others give themselves away for nothing at all cider you said drink as much as you please a fine thing to seduce a woman with is it from interest alone that yudushka risked a timid remark watching the teapot from which steam had begun to escape who says from interest alone is it i who am a selfish woman cried yevpraxia heatedly suddenly shifting the conversation do you mean to reproach me for the bread i eat i don't reproach you i only said that not from interest alone do people i said talk but talk sensibly the idea i serve from interest kindly permit me to ask you what particular advantage i have derived except cider and gherkins well cider and gherkins are not the only things ventured yudushka unable to restrain himself what else have i gotten let me hear let me hear who sends four sacks of flour to your parents every month four sacks what else groats hemp seed oil and other things so you are begrudging my poor parents the wretched groats and oil you send them oh you i am not begrudging them it's you now you are accusing me i can't eat a crust of bread without being reproached for it and it's i who am blamed for everything yevpraxia could hold out no longer and burst into tears meanwhile the tea kept on boiling so that porfiry vladimirych became seriously alarmed so he suppressed his growing temper seated himself beside yevpraxia and patted her on her back well well all right pour the tea what is all this crying for yevpraxia emitted a few more sobs pouted and looked into space with her dull eyes you have just been speaking of young fellows he went on trying to lend his voice as caressing a ring as possible well after all i'm not so old am i the idea leave me alone come come i do you know when i served in st petersburg our director wanted to give me his daughter in marriage must have been an old maid or a cripple no she was quite a presentable young lady and how she sang how she sang maybe she sang well but you accompanied her badly she retorted no i porfiry vladimirych was completely put out he was ready to act against his conscience and show that he too was skilled in the art of love-making so he began to rock his body rather clumsily and went so far as to make an attempt to embrace yevpraxia round her waist but she drew back firmly from his outstretched arms and cried out angrily do me a favour and leave me you goblin else i'll scald you with this boiling water and i don't want your tea i don't want anything the idea to reproach me for the piece of bread i eat 
I'll go away from here. By Jesus, I will. She banged the door and ran out, leaving Porfiry Vladimirych alone in the dining room. Yudushka was completely puzzled. He began to pour the tea himself, but his hands trembled so violently that he had to call a servant to his assistance. No, this is impossible. I must think up something, arrange matters, he whispered, pacing up and down the dining room in excitement but he turned out to be quite unable to think up something or to arrange matters his mind was so accustomed to leaping unrestrainedly from one fantastic subject to another that the simplest problem of workaday reality threw him off his balance no sooner did he make an effort to concentrate than a swarm of futile trifles attacked him from all sides and shut actuality out from his consideration a strange stupor, a kind of mental and moral anemia, possessed his being. He was constantly lured away from the hard realities of life to the pleasant softness of phantoms, which he could shift and rearrange at will and without any hindrance whatever. He spent the entire day in solitude, for Yevpraxia did not make her appearance at dinner or at evening tea. She stayed at the priest's the entire time and returned late in the evening yudushka's distress was extreme he could not apply himself to any task even lost his wonted interest in trifles one irrepressible thought tormented him i must somehow arrange matters i must he could not engage in idle calculations nor even say prayers he felt that a strange ailment was about to attack him many a time he halted before the window in the hope of concentrating his wavering mind on something or distracting his attention but all in vain end of book six chapter two a recording by expatriate in bangor maine